now you know I don't I don't have a true sport um, although segue into my side hobby mm-hmm. which is um, photography and you have to have your body do certain things in order to get these certain shots you want to mm-hmm. get and uh, I think I appreciate the adventure aspect of life and uh, and and photography helps me create memories and helps access, access my creative side I think now I understand that it's important to keep your body right and you can't just paddle out and big surf and uh, <laughs> without without working out or without trying to keep your body in shape or you can't just mm-hmm. um, hike up a mountain without having you know done anything active for the last couple of weeks or months <laughs> yeah. so welcome to the hnl movement podcast where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities sports and life join me in my professional journey as i share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals colleagues clients and you with one goal in mind how to optimize human performance this is the right place to learn how a multi-dimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire welcome back everyone this week i have a guest a good friend and a colleague, Matt Kwok, on the show. And he's a PA at the under the same umbrella company. And he also does photography, wave photography, and also portraits and all this other photography on the side. But it's great to have him here. And we're going to have some good conversations. So welcome, Matt. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Uh, huh? Looking forward to getting on the H&M Movement podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. We're trying to promote this episode too a little bit. So hopefully people start to listen in a little bit more. But how's everything going, especially being a PA physician assistant uh, during this COVID times and kind of everything that not only our company, but everything that everyone else is doing too. How's that been like? Yeah, I think, you know, it's been challenging um, for our company. We, I specialize in orthopedics. So, you know, with Orthopedic Associates, which we're both under the same umbrella company, obviously in times of a virus that can kill people in a pandemic that uh, your knee pain, your shoulder pain takes a backseat. And so we got, we got slow, um, as you would expect, especially with the stoppage of sports. We are slowly kicking back up as things start to reopen, but uh, everything, of course, is in limbo with uh, a lot of the unknowns, counts going up again, um, and without a vaccine, it's just I think everything's going to be a little unknown. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 challenging, but there's always a need of people having some type of pain somewhere. So I think the injuries and the pain hasn't stopped, but the, just the fear is is there. But, you know, we're starting to pick back up now. It's been good, um, but it's it's different because as physician assistants, you're in demand, depending where you work. Uh, mm-hmm. If you work in the emergency room, obviously very needed. Obviously, um, in times of crisis, they need those mm-hmm. frontline workers. I'm not a frontline worker, so I'm not a, the hero that many of the other physician assistants are and physicians and nurse practitioners, et cetera, nurses. Um, but um, so great need in some places and where I am, not a huge need, but yet I think in healthcare in general and as, as trainers and mm-hmm. um, therapists all over, always a demand, but, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly I think we all can agree it's been interesting times. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of uncertainty still yet. And I mean, yeah. across the US for sure, you know, there's, we're not even in the second wave yet but the first wave is kind of starting to go up again tremendously and in hawaii too you know trying to figure out how everything's going to go in the next i want to say the next half of the year is really what what we're looking at but before we get into all of the 
fun conversations with orthopedics and everything that we see on a daily basis from what you see on the clinical side to what I see with the rehab exercise portion of all of this. Um, before we get into all of that, let's go over your story a little bit. So share a little bit with the viewers, you know, like what it was like growing up in Hawaii and what sports you were involved in and kind of what things led your interest to where you are today. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, born and raised in Honolulu and um, I am a lifetime um, student of Punahou. So I went to Punahou from kindergarten all the way till um, I graduated there senior year. And um, so obviously grew up with a lot of privilege. And uh, so I don't, you know, I don't have that classic Cinderella story of having a hard life. I've been very blessed my entire life. And mm -hmm. so obviously in, when you're put in a position of um, privilege, then it's, it's, it's really up to those people uh, in privilege to do something good with your life. Uh, I don't know that I'm there yet, but uh, I think that's kind of the, the attitude that you have to have. Mm -hmm. Football has been my favorite sport since I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So uh, naturally, I, I wanted to play football when I got older, although... I might be, I put on a lot of pounds and I like to eat, but uh, luckily I'm blessed with good genes because if I wasn't blessed with good genes, I'd be a lot larger. But um, I was small. I was kind of a shrimp growing up in high school. Um, tiny, just a small Asian boy. Just mm -hmm. a very a average sized um, Asian boy. Uh, 120, I think I, I was in, in junior in high school. So I wanted to play football, but my mom really did not want me to play football. <laughs> yeah. I grew up playing tennis, golf, um, I even did bowling junior university, junior university oh, okay. year. Um, Non-threatening sports, <laughs> right? But uh, I just had this huge desire to want to play football growing up. And because that's that's what I loved. That's I, My favorite team was the Dallas Cowboys. I would watch them. And, you know, you watch your favorite college people. You watch University of Hawaii play. I wanted to be those guys on the field. And, and one year I was in the, in the marching band my freshman year in high school. I wasn't playing football yet. I was in marching band. I just remembered... Uh, I think my mom has recollection of this. I just like it was cool to be a, in the in part of a organization and mm -hmm. something in high school, and but I just really wanted to be on the field. So the next year, I saw that uh, there were tryouts going on in high school okay. in football. There were signs in the locker room. I just said, you know, I'm going to go out. So without lifting a, a weight <laughs> in my life, without knowing, setting foot inside a weight room, doing any type of agil agility <laughs> drills, like people have access to all these things now, like coaches. I never did any of that stuff. Um, I just went out for football and naturally I was terrible and I got cut and I, you know, I, I played playing the re recess in football, but I didn't know much about playing football with pads on. So mm -hmm. I got cut pretty easily, pretty fast. Um, but I committed myself from the day after I got cut. They asked if I wanted to be part of this program where, cause I think it was the first year that Puno actually did cuts in like years. Puno was really bad oh, when, okay. I was in, when I was in high school, you know, so Typically, it was Punahou had a long period of time when I was in school that of not being good. You know, St. Louis would crush us, Kamehameha would crush us, Iolani <laughs> uh, would even play us, you know, really tightly. But they hadn't done cuts in a long time, so I was one of like several kids to actually get cut, which is the first time it happened in a while. So it was embarrassing. But, um, they asked if I wanted to be part of this program where you know I could work with a strength and, con strength and conditioning coach, work with the speed and agility coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, to potentially play next year. And I didn't know what I was doing, if I actually even wanted to still play, but I said, 
you know, let's do it. So I, yeah. I, I think committing myself was a huge part in, in learning that you have to work for, that was probably the first time I had to work for something in my life. Uh-huh. You have to, you know, if you want something, you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up every single day after school. I would go work with, I would lift every other day and do uh, agility stuff, running mm-hmm. stuff every other day. And so I noticed, I mean, first of all, the coaches noticed and I noticed that uh, I made a lot of improvements with my strength and speed and, mm-hmm. and just like, confidence uh-huh. and um I think that was a big part of my life at that time so uh next year trials came along and um i made the team yeah and, which is crazy to think about because i was probably 140 <laughs> okay. at the time still small yeah but i played cornerback and uh and that was i think the first time in my life where i was introduced to fitness and the importance mm-hmm. of um getting your body right for something yeah and being active and so that was a big decision in my life. And then fast forward, I don't want to get into too much boring stuff, but fast forward a couple of those years. Before my senior year, I got injured. Mm-hmm. I um, I had a uh, spondylolysis, which is a stress fracture in my L5 vertebrae. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was cleared to play, but I didn't have any range of motion on my back. I couldn't, I could only extend like a few degrees. And the, the, the doctor who had evaluated me didn't really check my range of motion so he said oh yeah look here's on the scan go ahead go play mm-hmm. and I was like and I talked to my physical therapist and he said you know if you were my son I wouldn't let you play football ever again I said <laughs> that goes entirely against it's what so the physician idea. just told me so I anyway I, I was scared so I didn't end up playing I stayed on the team though but um, that led me to the Working with a physical therapist and mm-hmm. trying to rehab from injury led me to wanting to go into healthcare mm-hmm. and to not knowing at all what I wanted to do to, to going into healthcare. So mm-hmm. I spent the next several years uh, with the goal and the intent to be a physical therapist. So I went to the University of Puget Sound. I mm-hmm. studied exercise science. My um, goal was to be go to physical therapy school. Mm-hmm. After I graduate uh, college, undergrad, mm-hmm. I applied for PT school and uh, I wasn't a good student. I just, I, I don't know. I just too many activities. I just, I didn't enjoy studying. Still, I uh, it's mediocre GPA. PT school is competitive, and yeah. I got into, I, I, it was. A, I didn't even get an interview. I got rejected uh, from all the schools that I applied for, and uh, another failure, another failure in my life, and um, and that was challenging because I didn't have anywhere to go. But I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I didn't have the grades to be a physician. Uh, I didn't have the even desire to be a physician because yep. of how long med school it is, and all, et cetera. <laughs> but I knew that I enjoyed working with people, being mm-hmm. active, and, and and wanted to still work in healthcare. And luckily, I, um, I, I stumbled upon the physician assistant career and uh, worked in internal medicine for three years before now finally kind of of my goal when I first wanted to be a PA is um, now working in orthopedics, which is, uh, which is, um, I mean, this is no disrespect to any phys- uh, physical therapists out there at all uh-huh. or uh, any type of, you know, therapist, but I'm so glad that I think uh, I didn't end up in as a physical therapist. I'm now a physician assistant. I think for me personally, it was the right decision is mm-hmm. the right career path for me. I'm just, I'm just like really super happy about um, the career I'm in. So Yes. Yeah, the field I'm in. So it's been it's been a interesting, not a straight path, a journey, but um, 
still a very blessed one and one that uh, I don't you know you start to wonder why things go so what mm-hmm. so well in your life why some people have it have things not go so well for them and why some things uh, some people have things go really well for them mm-hmm. uh, I can't tell you why things have gone so well for me but attitudes everything attitudes everything right so you got to have the right attitude about life and mm-hmm. about situations and failure is a part of life man I mean, yeah. People, everyone will fail and everyone listening to this I'm sh- you, everyone's failed in some capacity exactly yeah and I think that road it makes you appreciate what you're doing now more too I think that's that's the big thing and I can see you know when we work together and, and things like that whether that's actually with patients mm. or working together just working out and things like that I can see you know how much passion you bring to the table to become a PA or you know get better at that before we get into the PA side so I mean some of this I didn't even know for all the listeners but so you didn't play football at all until you tried I out didn't play oh yeah good question I didn't play peewee I didn't play flag football I didn't nothing. play nothing I didn't know I didn't know how to put shoulder pads on the first day of <laughs> yeah. like of, of practice with shoulder pads yeah. I had, my teammates had to show me how to like put the shoulder pads on and the yeah. helmet I had, I had no idea no idea so, so that was like the first you never hit before and you're hitting against the Vars guy yeah oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I got yeah yeah it was uh I took some lickings for yeah sure. so I mean that that says a lot but just for you to put in that one year of hard work I think for everybody you know there's no shortcuts. I'm, I'm a big believer in this. There's no shortcuts to getting your body prepped for something. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like you said, even if it's something like golf or tennis or anything, handling big waves, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but there's no shortcut to getting your body prepped for something. There's no magic pill. There's no, oh, just do this plan and then hope for the best. It's like, no, you got to put in all the work to actually get the benefit. Um, What's even interesting after that? So, your spondylolysis yep. was that from football? It was or from football. That- yeah, it was from football. Mm-hmm. I was actually working with um, these—I won't say the trainers um, mm-hmm. by name, obviously—but I was working with these trainers, and right or wrong, I was—they got me really in shape. My mm-hmm. body was at peak physical condition at that time, high school, but it's still mm-hmm. like really great shape. Um, but I was doing power cleans and i was doing the clean snatches which is um you know where you there's, yeah. there's huge extension of your back and when you land there's a big compression aspect to it mm-hmm. uh i am um what's called hyper lordotic in my mm-hmm. lumbar spine so i have a big extra curvature mm-hmm. uh lordotic curvature more than the average person and so i didn't know at the time and i don't even know if the trainers know at the time that i had this condition but um all this compression and jumping and snatches wasn't actually, you know, that's, I think this is why some of the dangers of like a universal workout for mm-hmm. like CrossFit or something, not to put CrossFit on the bus, but if there's a universal thing that you try to fit into everyone, everyone's bodies are different. So yeah. I'm hyperlordotic and I'm doing these snatches. And so eventually after times a stress fracture doesn't happen like one specific thing, yeah. but eventually my spine couldn't take it with all these snatches. And uh, I was chasing after the St. Louis receiver one day and mm-hmm. I stopped super abruptly when the play did not go to my side of the field. And when I planted my foot really hard into the ground, I felt a crunch in my, in my back. Mm-hmm. And I, could, I just like, couldn't run the same again. And then fast forward like three months after that, after I was still trying to play through it, I, I was going up and up hitting with an, um, just in practice with a teammate. And I felt more crunch. And then I couldn't, then I couldn't extend my back. So yeah. it was scary. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially that's my mom's fears of work. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. So how was your mom after 
all of the football and well everything. i think she you know so obviously you don't want your kids to get injured i'm sure as a parent mm-hmm. i'm not a parent yet but uh i know that parents don't want their kids to get injured but i think she still saw the the love i had for playing mm-hmm. and for my teammates and for what it did to my confidence and yeah all of all of that because i think regardless of the sport um uh, I think team sports and yep. activities like you know tennis, mostly not a team sport. Golf, not a team sport. Um, being a part of a team and a mm-hmm. group is really important for um, yeah, I think kids growing up and mm-hmm. and just being you know that level of community and seeing what it takes to to sacrifice yourself and to mm-hmm. um, to recognize other people's sacrifices for yep. tor- towards a common goal is important. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit after high school. Football's done. I think this is where you and me have a lot in common because, mm. like, we were just talking about, we're not the elite athletes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I may work with a lot of elite yeah, athletes right. now, but I'm not necessarily an elite athlete. So even for me, after high school, that was pretty much sports was done. I mean, yeah, you play recreationally, but what was it like for you in college, like being active, staying fit, and you know, what kinds of things did you like to do in college? You know, I didn't do a great job of like necessarily staying fit um, inherently. And this is like going to not vie with a lot of people on your show. Inherently, I don't love to work out. I <laughs> yeah, just yeah. don't. I I think I will work out and I understand the importance of working out when mm-hmm. you have when you have a goal you're trying to achieve. And I do think that's yeah. important. Like you just like you were saying earlier, you can't just show up to something and be good at it. You, <laughs> yeah, you have to take yeah. care of yourself, especially if you get old as you get older. Uh-huh. But um, I inherently don't love working out. If I have something I'm 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 trying to shoot for and, uh, and achieve, then I will do it. And I understand that it's a, it's necessity. But inherently i really don't love working out so <laughs> yeah. i didn't do so once i didn't have like the goal of trying to make the football team or like playing football anymore mm-hmm. i gained the freshman you know supposed to be freshman 15 <laughs> i gained the freshman 27 27 <laughs> which was yeah. i was so skinny in high school thankfully like i said i had good genes that i just kind of actually just filled out in, in, in yeah. college it wasn't like i wasn't obese yeah, yeah. um but I gained a lot of weight. I ate, but then I found um, a club sport, which is important because it meant I didn't have to like condition as much and not as much responsibility. But you still get to be active. Mm-hmm. I played rugby in college, which was um, oh, see, I didn't even know that oh, too. Yeah, <laughs> I played rugby in college, which was amazing. I loved okay. this. I loved playing rugby actually more than I loved playing football, probably because I was better at rugby. For some reason, I just I, I guess I was just pretty good at rugby. And but it was a club sport, so it wasn't that much um, mm-hmm. dedication. I did have two serious injuries from rugby. Okay. Um, well, I had a, a, a few, but um, <laughs> the ones that still are with me today, uh, I have double vision when I look out of my perif- when I move my eyes to the right or left, I see double. Okay, I took a knee to the eye. If anyone Got plays it. rugby that's listening, it was uh, I was uh, on the ground from a tackle, and someone, my own teammate, tried to ruck over me and knee me in the eye, which is terrible. <laughs> And then um, I also have um, really, really bad lockjaw from t- tackling someone, and their knee went into my um, my chin because you don't have helmets in, in rugby. And I had a really bad concussion too. But anyway, um, stayed active playing rugby, which was fun. And um, yeah. And and now you know I don't I don't have a true sport. Um, although segue into my side hobby, mm-hmm. which is um, photography, and I think photography is. I didn't realize photography was so multidimensional. If, mm-hmm. if I in high school, I'd never took a single photography class. I didn't take any a single art class mm-hmm. because I just didn't. I didn't know what photography was. But um, I guess with the invention of Instagram, you can kind of see what people do with a camera, which is like kind of opens your eyes. Mm-hmm. So I realized that you know, 
um, in, uh, photography was a good way of like helping me stay active because um, you have to walk up this mountain to get these incredible <laughs> views. You have to go into these crazy surf to get these cool shots. You have to have your body do certain things in order to get these certain shots you want to mm. get. And uh, I think I appreciate the adventure aspect of life and, uh, and, and photography helps me create memories and helps access, access my creative side. I think now I understand that it's important to keep your body right and you can't just paddle out in big surf and uh, <laughs> without without working out or without trying to keep your body in shape or you can't just mm-hmm. um, hike up a mountain without having you know done anything active for the last couple of weeks or months <laughs> yeah. so I think uh, I think understanding the importance of that too has, has been yeah good. no you definitely take some great shots I mean We'll, we'll post up in the show notes all of your Instagram Thank and you. everything. Appreciate it. Um, all of the great photography. And I know you've shared some photography with us. And it's, yeah, it's all good stuff. And then people don't realize that every picture, I mean, we both know Danny. Danny actually yeah. just came up a few episodes ago. Yeah, but incredible photographer. We, we both know that there's a story behind every picture, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what makes the picture come to life and what makes it so special. But some of the stories is like, that my body took a beating that oh, day <laughs> or I was sore for like a week or whatever it is right so that's where kind of I think for both of us anyone listening that's where even if you don't enjoy specifically working out that's where the health and fitness side is so interconnected and integrated into what you like to do that whether sometimes you know it or not or you see it as structural workouts or just part of active life it is integrated in some fashion and that's what allows you to keep doing what you're doing yeah, yeah. i do have to ask before we move on is so how did your mom feel about the rug rugby <laughs> she didn't like the football oh, she, yeah especially after i got the, i mean she wasn't happy about it either. but especially after i got my concussion so it wasn't just a concussion the concussions are pretty uh, rampant in, in contact sports you know including mm-hmm. soccer too um mm-hmm. so if you've played football or rugby or soccer for a long time you've probably seen someone be concussed on the field i wouldn't be surprised yeah. I mean, but this wasn't just like a, a casual concussion where someone like kind of like gets knocked off for a few seconds and then like comes to i uh had like a grand mal seizure after i, oh, no. I like i lost consciousness and i had uh, i had to be transported to the um emergency room obviously they had to do a CT scan to make sure I didn't have a brain bleed. Mm-hmm. So when you get that when you get that news from from uh, you know overseas yeah. that uh, that I'm in the emergency room because of a rugby injury, yeah, mom wasn't happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, so but you know, I think my mom's been understanding. She uh, she knows she I think she appreciates. She's a good mom. She's a supportive mom, which is mm-hmm. which is important. I think uh, I think parents again. I'm not a parent, but as we've all been kids mm-hmm. and it's important to feel supported by um your parents for what you know what they're doing whether or not you agree with it or not and and everything should be collect you know mm-hmm. um, it should be calculated risks i think um <laughs> but uh yeah and it's you know she, I, my parents have been nothing but supportive of my life but uh yeah it wasn't she wasn't thrilled <laughs> yeah yeah you know no concussion is good but definitely that's not what you want to hear especially yeah. as a parent yeah so, you know, fast forwarding, I mean, you've had a lot of adventures taking big wave photography, doing hikes and all of these things. Any significant issues or injuries from those adventures? Um, let's see. Um, there's been times where I've put myself in situations I probably should not have put myself in. <laughs> uh, one namely being in Iceland when I was on top of a 
rock arch that seemed very unstable that after the fact that oh, just, I, a native Icelander thinks I was the first person to climb up there and, and to jump off uh, <laughs> for for a shot <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, there's been no nothing knock on wood nothing mm-hmm. serious um, actually funny story you just and I, I don't know if Danny's ever listened to this but just uh-huh. you mentioned Danny Sikowski <laughs> yeah. Danny and I met uh, at Sandy Beach which is <laughs> known for putting people in sea collars and uh, breaking necks if you don't know what you're doing Um, Danny and I are both thankfully experienced but we met late in the evening sun is set half an hour ago and um, we met literally colliding our heads underwater one night and it was painful it felt like a bowling ball hit me in the face I didn't I didn't realize there was any rocks like you know that picked up by a wave but it was felt like a rock came and smashing the head I come up uh, and Danny comes up and I'm like I don't know I don't know this guy but he's like we're both like oh what happened and <laughs> somehow he found me on Instagram later to tell me that he had to go to the emergency room for that uh, he had a concussion and luckily I didn't get concussed I guess I have a harder head than Danny <laughs> it's but, the uh, rugby the rugby yeah, it was the rugby I had practice <laughs> yeah, I had practice uh, from that but uh, yeah that was that was funny that's a funny way I met Danny and so that was uh, I have a few I mean I'm sure Danny has many stories like that but yeah. Um, but yeah wait so you didn't see each other like I had no idea. Beach. Well, it was dark, it was so dark, it was yeah. at least half an hour, if not more, after the sun had set. Mm. I don't even know what I was still doing in the water, but I was trying to take pictures, and I didn't realize that Danny was body surfing. I think it was just body surfing. Oh, I see. Um, so I didn't. I had no idea when any, anyone was even out there with me, and yeah. so the wave came. I ducked it, and I just I smashed into a wall. A <laughs> wall. <It> was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. I mean, luckily, nothing more serious oh, than man. that. But yeah, it's a it's a funny yeah. story. I forgot about that too, yeah. and just you know, it's like. I guess that's another important point like you know hopefully nothing bad happens but at the same time you know you got to try to just the stronger and i mean i guess your head can be stronger but you know like just being able to withstand the demands of whatever activities hopefully that alone helps to prevent more serious injuries you know yeah and and like you're saying first of all you can't eliminate risk from everything you know Mm -hmm. if you if you try to live your life without you with trying to eliminate risk from everything then you're not gonna live a fulfilling life you're not gonna live a fun life it's gonna be boring and that's fine (laughs) if you do that you like to do that that's totally fine if you're out there but Mm -hmm. but but for people who would like to be active Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a risk in everything you do But the key is calculating the risks. Is yeah. it worth it? And yeah. two is trying to minimize the risk, right? Yes. And minimizing the risk is important because that's when you start to say, okay, what can I do to prevent injury, mm-hmm. prevent um, being stupid, prevent all these other things? And, uh, you know, preventing injury, that's where um, people have to take ownership of their health, mm-hmm. if they, especially if they're like me where they don't like to necessarily work out. I mean, it's easy yeah. for someone who loves to work a gym rat yeah. To try to stay in shape. It's easy for people who love to work out yep. to stay in shape. That's We're not talking about those people because <laughs> you're probably taking care of yourself. You're probably doing the right things. And you're like, oh, it's easy. I do like 50 burpees a day. Like whatever. <laughs> like 100 burpees a day. Whatever. Yeah. I, I'm speaking to those people who don't love to do that, you know, because I'll do those things despite absolutely not wanting to at all. Yeah. And if I, you know, don't have to at all, but. But understanding that if you have you have to take care of your body and you have to do things, and I think mentality changes of like okay now I'm not trying to lift to just get huge, mm-hmm. now I'm trying to lift to be functional. And yep. what what are you doing? What's your goal? Yeah. What's your craft? What's yes. your um? What's your what are you what are you trying to achieve? 
and how you know and you can speak to this how yeah. like how do i best prepare for that no i i'm glad you said that because that is something that i guess i do and you see it day in and day out it's like are you actually working out or training yeah in in line with your goal right like is it functional to what you need to do or are you just following what everyone else does and just being able to move a lot of weight correct you know i in fact i just mentioned to someone else like just because someone can squat 500 pounds doesn't mean they're going to be able to dunk right i mean that's like the number one thing that people are like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense you know but it's because they're two different tasks your body has to respond in two different ways so exactly like what you said if you're a we're bringing up Danny a lot in this episode but if you're handling big waves I'm gonna train your cardio your endurance your strength what you can withstand a lot differently than if you're gonna just be a football player and just handle hits from other human beings you know it's two totally different kinds of things that I guess you have to factor into your training and exactly like what you said it's just being smart about it and actually I mean, your activity alone will get you stronger and in condition. But if you can do a little bit extra to prepare you a little bit better, mm-hmm. that's really where the benefit is. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I think it's important to remember. I think what I appreciate about your programs, too, is that one of the first questions you ask is like, OK, what are your health goals? Like, where do you want to <laughs> yeah. be? Where do you see? What do you what do you why do you want to train? Because if it's <laughs> curls for the girls or squats to get yeah. big butts. Yeah. <laughs> then you're going to do a lot of squats. You're going to do yeah. a lot of curls. That's totally fine. Yeah. That's the goal. Then that's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. if your goal is to be Danny or yeah. to kind of be a casual one, kind of like me and go on the yeah. big serve. Yeah. Um, and then you, then you're not going to be very functional by just doing a lot of curls. You're not going to yeah. do very functional by just doing choke squats. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, I think uh, training towards, uh, mm-hmm. per- training with purpose becomes more and more relevant as you get older. And when you're in high school, you can get away with that. You're, if yeah. you're just like, you know, I think you can get, and you can, when you brought up earlier, there's no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. I think shortcuts actually, the, the thing about shortcuts is they actually work in the short term, you know, yep. which is what people get yep. away with and why shortcuts are dangerous because if shortcuts didn't work, then people wouldn't take shortcuts. Yeah. But they actually do work for a little bit, but mm-hmm. sustainably shortcuts yeah. like yeah. get you into trouble. And that's when you, that's when you come see me at the urchin care. <laughs> because you, you took a shortcut you know yeah. and, and not everyone but uh yeah that that happens but some yes the next section of the podcast we want to kind of talk about what we currently do you as a physician assistant at our all-access ortho the walk-in urgent care and obviously you see a lot of sports injuries but any orthopedic injury really and then a lot of things that i see is kind of the aftermath after the initial visit is that they're going to continue for some rehab or strength training or whatever it is um the other thing that i wanted to mention was that before you went into pa school you actually worked at pro a little bit yeah with the original pro back in queens um you want to share a little bit about that before we get into the question and answer yeah i think um so after i finished college and got rejected from physical therapy school was still trying to potentially reapply to physical therapy school, but yet found out about physician assistant. Um, in order to, well, first of all, I needed a job. <laughs> uh, and in order to apply for a physical physician assistant school, you have to have X number of hours mm-hmm. working with in a healthcare setting mm-hmm. uh, to even apply for PA school. So mm-hmm. 
fortunately, uh, was offered a job at um, Pro mm-hmm. um, and was a trainer. And I, w- I wasn't back then. The training staff wasn't as knowledgeable <laughs> as 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 you guys are now. So we didn't have. I wasn't a certified athletic trainer. I wasn't. I didn't have all the credentials. I just was someone that was used to being around in a gym area mm-hmm. and knew how to help people get into correct position, mm-hmm. uh, help people be accountable. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just I was, I guess I'm, I work relatively well with people, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So um, pro is much more advanced <laughs> now in terms of what they can offer, but uh, it was a good experience. You know, I think mm-hmm. that was my first uh, time being on the other side of the coin, actually utilizing my exercise science background where mm-hmm. I could um, kind of pass on what some of what I learned mm-hmm. and um, prepare me for a professional um, yeah. career. So it was a lot of fun. You know, pro was a pro was a really fun job, and uh, I think I'm glad that now the people there are much more knowledgeable in terms <laughs> of like knowing and being having athletic training background mm-hmm. and uh, knowing how to apply, knowing everything about. And I think one thing I didn't do a very good job of was knowing exactly what the conditions were that people had and they need they needed to rehab and um, what that meant in terms of how their training was. I was more just good at like, okay, this is the exercise you need to do, demonstrating how to do it and how to mm-hmm. do it. But now I think you guys. Um, now the you know you guys who run it um, have a much better understanding, uh, thankfully of, of the whole entire picture of rehab and um, and achieving goals, etc. But I think it's interesting for everyone to hear that that kind of brought you full circle because yeah. you know just that experience alone, I'm sure that was very valuable. I know you know the person that started it too so just having his knowledge and you know him kind of teaching you certain things i'm sure that helped you especially when you got further into orthopedic related fields so now you know you went through the two-year program became a pa right and like you said you were working in internal med for three years or so about and after that you made the transition back into kind of the company that you started with yeah and now you see primarily all orthopedic stuff yeah. i mean yeah you might see some other things um i joke with you that i'm always going to send all of the all of the people that need physicals high school athletes yeah. we we'll do that too physicals we'll do that too. We'll do that but too. you primarily look at orthopedic injuries um let's start there i guess what what have you learned how long have you been with uh, this fall, I'll make four years at uh, All Access. Oh, yeah, though, time, so. time flies. So in oh, the past yeah. four years, what what are some of the things that you've commonly encountered or I guess what you've learned and how you grew in the past four years? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the thing about doing internal medicine, what I was doing before uh, and what orthopedics is and any other specialty mm-hmm. is in, in internal medicine, um, they there are you're basically a gatekeeper you mm-hmm. look at the entire picture of someone mm-hmm. and if there's something that looks and you learn you use your your general knowledge of everything yet the thing is about internal medicine you have to know a little bit about everything if yep. you have no idea about it then that's bad <laughs> yeah. you should at least know a little bit about at least if not how to treat something who to send you know where yeah. to send someone to to get treated so uh-huh. that's the thing about internal medicine you have to at least know uh some general sense of what's going on um now when you get into a specialty you have to know everything about that specific mm-hmm. thing. So you can't just like know some general aspect of 
whatever it is that someone specialized in. You know, yeah. if you go to a cardiologist and you ask them a question about the heart and they can't answer it, that's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. If you, I mean, if you go to a cardiologist and you ask them what's wrong with your your lungs, I mean, they should have an idea. But if they can't give you a specific thing, if you ask them a question about their toe, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't expect a cardiologist to know exactly. We you know we see cardiologists, mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. anesthesiologists as patients, so. You know, and um, you can't. This is why specialties exist because you want someone who knows, who sees something in day in day out, and is yeah. is, is is knowledgeable of that specific thing. You know, yeah. um, so it's, it was a transition because um, it was physician assistant school, and this is one thing about good about PA, and this is a plug for physician assistants. Anyone looking for a p- profession, <clears throat> you get trained generally, but then you really get. To opportunity to go into any specialty you want to, as long as the um, physician you're working with, as long as your boss mm-hmm. is willing to train you in that. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing you know about if you when once you're a physician and you are in a specialty and you decide ten years down the road that you don't like that specialty, where you're screwed because you mm-hmm. can't tra- transition from cardiology to orthopedics. Yeah, <clears throat> you just can't. So as a as a physician assistant, luckily you can. You just have to have be trained up, and it's it's hard. You have to get trained, but. But it's it's uh, it's it's kind of cool that you get to see different areas of medication uh, medicine. So um, anyway, going back to your kind of your question, going to, being in orthopedics, it's, uh, it's steep learning curve. But yeah, starting to um, to be able to be pretty confident now with with uh, with my uh, clinical skills. Mm-hmm. That um, it, there's different spectrums of orthopedics and. There's the accidents, right? And <laughs> yeah. There's things that people cannot help and unforeseen, mm-hmm. and that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, falls, break your arm, yep. <clears throat> stub your toe. Um, you know, just things that happen, work injuries mm-hmm. that you can't really help sometimes. Um, and then there's injuries that are a result of, and there's things you can't, you know, there's things that have generic, genetic things that happen, which is not people's, they cannot control. Mm-hmm. But then there's the injuries that, you have as it was a result of someone ignore likely ignoring an underlying uh, yes. def- deficiency yes. but yet continuing to do something that's going to eventually set them up for failure mm-hmm. for an injury so, and that's where you know we eventually see people yes so, unfortunately yeah yeah so I, I think um it's hard because when you're in a specialty like orthopedic when you're a specialist and you have to see a number of patients a day you can only spend so much time educating people on this and I think inherently, inherently, people you know usually know that they spend too much time looking at their phone. They inherently <laughs> know that they don't work out as much as they should, or they don't uh-huh. stretch as much as they should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to to give people a reason why something happened, and then say, "Well, listen, I can make you feel better today, but it's not going to solve the underlying problem." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think making someone's pain go away is a lot of times different than making someone's yep. susceptibility to injury go away. Yes. So looking back at the past four years, I mean, I, I know what it's like. We pretty much see everybody underneath the sun. But what are the most common things that you encounter? Yeah, you uh, well, um, number one is low back injuries probably, okay. I think. Uh, low back and neck strains, especially, especially now. Uh, I'd say neck strains maybe even more so than low backs because uh, of phones, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone's having not necessarily acute strains, but people have um, just chronic pain that they don't yep. always come to get evaluated because they deal with it every single day. But mm-hmm. I'd say, I don't know, what do you think? A rough estimate? How many? What percentage of people would you say walking around today have some sort of neck pain? I would say over half. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, easily. Uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, I think that might even be conservative. Yeah. Now. So <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, if someone tells you, you know, you hear it all the time at work, I'm sure wherever you work, and it's like, oh gosh, my neck's kind of sore. Like, yeah, who's, everyone's neck's sore, yeah. like, you know? <laughs> and and we're all victim to having poor posture these times of day. And not, there's very few people who have perfect posture and who don't look at their phones X number of times a day because of how important they are to us. <laughs> but number one, that would be neck and back stuff. Then we'll see a lot of, um, uh, of runner's knee, that's which is chondromalacia, mm-hmm. patellofemoral pain yep. syndrome. Uh, which is just not a um, not a necessarily bad. Oh, how do I say this correctly? Um, not a, like a dangerous injury to your knee, but mm. it's just a, a problem that won't go away with unless it's um, actively treated. Yeah. And then, um, or unless you just stop, stop moving and walking, exercising altogether. <laughs> Which will be detrimental in other right, exactly. ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, we see a lot of uh, ankle sprains, stuff, you know, like injuries, stuff like that. But I'd say the chronic, the things that uh, have to do with like non accidents, it's probably um, neck and back and mm-hmm. uh, uh, tennis elbow is a big one too. Yep. Tennis elbow, because I think uh, we see a lot of something called de Quervain's tenosynovitis, mm-hmm. which is uh, also known as texting thumb, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get that. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things. I mean, the bottom line is what I talk about a lot is that there's a lot of lifestyle influences that, like we said again, either set you up to kind of get these wear and tear issues or these overuse issues. And there's a lot of things that you can do to alleviate it or try to minimize the risk. For me, I don't see too much of the neck and back issues unless it's coupled with something else. Yeah. yeah and sure. I guess our clinic, we kind of specialize in. A little bit more the active lifestyle. Of course, we handle all of the post-ops and everything that needs to be seen. But a lot of these post-ops, they're typically wanting to get back to something active. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I see from you guys downstairs too is that everything, a lot of knees and shoulders. I think that's the most that we see, Rotary knees cuffs, and shoulders. Yeah. And a lot of the knees and shoulder stuff, I would say probably about half of them probably can be prevented yeah i want to go that far probably can be prevented if you just caught things early and you understand what types of strength or just what kinds of demands your muscle has to has to tolerate for your activity for me that's a big one and that's where obviously we know what healthcare is like people typically get seen when it becomes so far down the line that it's more like we just got to treat symptoms and you know, do what we can to manage it. And then we'll go back and address all of the rehab strength issues later. Right. But for me, it's kind of giving that message that, you know, I've said it on many other episodes too. If people can just get their body checked out, you know, just on a yearly basis, I guess at least. Right. But whenever you have issues arise, whenever you feel excessive tightness, whenever you notice that, Hey, my mobility is starting to get less and less, or I'm having these little aches and pains in my neck, whatever it is if you just get it checked out a lot of times you can minimize how much imbalance compensations you have and that alone will help to prevent injuries a lot and save you a lot of time and money well pain you know pain's a symptom right so pain is pain is your body's way of telling you that something is wrong and so (laughs) not all pain is 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 permanent and not all pain is like Mm -hmm. that not all of that part is wrong is bad long term it could be fleeting but if it starts to become even a little bit repetitive and even a little chronic, um, you don't want to ignore it because yeah. more often than not, it's not going to go away. And so, like you're saying, get checked out. I, th- I think, and that's it's challenging to say that sometimes because 
you know, that implies that someone's going to have good access to healthcare. That mm. implies that someone's going to have access to a trainer potentially. That mm-hmm. implies someone has access to different resources. But mm-hmm. you know, the the um, and so that's all just a little challenging. And we don't ever like to promote someone just typing in symptom and then on Google, Doctor Google, yeah. and then <laughs> we're figuring out that they have cancer potentially. It's like mm-hmm. which is not true, obviously. Yeah. a lot of the times. Um, but at the same time, I think. Um, if, at the same token, we have so much information available to us mm-hmm. that even if we don't have perfect access to healthcare or like the best specialists or mm-hmm. friends that are really knowledgeable in these areas, um, understanding and wanting to pursue knowledge that something's wrong, and especially if you have a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you have, especially if that you, if that's important to you. And I think mm-hmm. if people are listening to this podcast, people that is important to them. Yes. And so, if that is important to you, not to ignore those things and not to just think that you can tough it'll go away and tough past mm-hmm. it but to to figure out what you need to address mm-hmm. and how you can prevent these things Cause like you said we i i definitely don't see people until it's it's too late until they're actually injured mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty uncommon that i'll see somebody like oh you just caught it at the right time where you like you could have been a bigger issue usually it's already a bigger issue but yeah. um but yeah i think um just paying attention to what needs to be done and um and and that unfortunately as you get older you have to do you know taking care of yourself has got to be a daily a daily thing and stretching has got to be a daily thing and yeah at least at least like semi-regularly yes so and that's that's the thing it has to be consistent right yeah, consistency. you have to be consistent with all of these habits to just upkeep your body yeah but one thing that i like that you mentioned is that yes pain is a symptom and one of the things that especially people with chronic pain right so we're talking about your chondromalacia your tendon all your tendonitis um plantar fasciitis anything that's like long-term chronic inflammation people are like i just need to eliminate the the pain but actually it's like you said you said pain isn't necessarily bad yeah you don't want to eliminate the pain because if you eliminated all sense of pain you wouldn't be able to tell when something's wrong right so it's more like I need to listen to the pain a little bit better because if I am getting pain after activity or if I'm getting pain 24-7, then it's like, huh, that's not something that's supposed to be a normal occurrence. Maybe it's something that I need to address. So, And that goes again with everything kind of that we're talking about, but just listening to your body, doing the right things to take care of your body so that it can function well. We don't want to be in this, you know, day in and day out, having all these aches and pains or having these movement restrictions yeah. or yet alone even having neck pain neck pain and headaches and all of these other things you want to be able to function optimally so that you can just focus on yeah. what you need to do the task at hand yeah and i, I don't want to let's let's to be honest this is your podcast i don't i want to give and i'm a little bit live on my instagram i don't know who's watching or who's listening but at the same time let's give a little bit of a chance for like you to plug yourself officially too on on your own podcast of like what people are going to ask like then obviously the next step is like okay well if i have a little bit of pain like what can i do how can mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of how can they how can you help them in that in that you know s- s- scenario too yes i think for me one of the biggest things is that people just need to understand how to actually build their body up mm-hmm. that's like basic stuff and some of this stuff we don't learn in school you know we think that oh yeah you just lift weights and yeah you're going to get stronger yeah but what you don't know is that if you lift weights improperly you're just going to start to break your body down more and more and you're going to think why am i not getting stronger and why am i causing more problems for myself and that's 
I mean, really, you could go. That could be a whole nother episode. But yeah. just understanding how to actually do things properly and how to listen to your body so that you feel it in the right areas and you feel the actual adaptation of what needs to be done so that you get stronger, right? Yeah. Um, even with activities and certain things, it's like everything's interconnected is what I talk about. So like, you know, the mental aspect, you know, emotional, everything, social, if you're in a team sport, but understand when it's good to do certain things, like when it's good to actually push through the rest of practice, right? And yeah, maybe it'll build some mental toughness and you're, you're okay physically. And when it's like, no, I pretty much like whatever it is, you know, yeah. I mean, sprained my ankle really right. bad and you just get taped back up and then right. you're going through practice and then after that you go home and the next morning you can't move your ankle you know like it's that fine balance and i think me being as me being an athletic trainer it's i get to read that on athletes too you know of course we get to evaluate them and see what's safe for them to continue but also making sure that whatever you're going to do next it actually isn't going to be so detrimental that they end up seeing, yeah, you know, an orthopedic doctor so or an orthopedic clinic. Yeah. Yes, so that's that's one thing. Um, the second thing is that I think a lot of people do things too fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So let's say you're preparing for the season, and maybe you need two to four weeks to get into condition for football season but then you don't do that two to four weeks right and you just go into training camp mm -hmm. and before you know it it's like yeah you didn't kind of gradually progress your body so it's too much too quickly and that's where we see a lot of the not only overuse but sometimes acute injury right yeah. traumatic so that's the second thing is like everything has to be gradually your body only can adapt and recover so fast whenever you're doing any type of activity kind of tied into that the other thing that I've said on this podcast before and I tell a lot of patients, I tell, I, I've told you in the past too, is like, listen to tightness. Yeah. Because tightness is kind of the red flag before you get to pain. If you keep ignoring tightness and it, it accumulates week after week and you start to get tighter and tighter, your muscles, the way that you're moving is just not normal. And then after that, the tightness easily can turn into pain somewhere in your yeah. body. And now you're dealing with a more complex situation probably because now you have to alleviate the symptoms of pain but then also you have to alleviate the tightness because yeah. that's causing the pain yeah. so i mean those those three things kind of in a nutshell i mean i feel like a hypocrite yeah. listening to you here because i have <laughs> i have tightness all over the place but yeah i think yeah. but uh, you know understanding i think like you said of what that's from is and and, and it can lead to something worse than important but i do want to Mm -hmm. uh, uh, go on something that you said too earlier is people do things too fast yeah. one of the injuries I'm seeing a lot in the last couple of weeks as sports are trying to open up now yeah. secondary to this COVID thing I'm seeing like a lot of like little kid injuries because they're um, peewee coaches or they're like <laughs> soccer coaches or yeah. you know whatever baseball coaches are going like running them way too hard now that they've been off for three yeah. months so if you are like a little league coach out there or if you are a um, if you're coaching kids I don't care if you're coaching adults kids <laughs> you got they've been off the kids have been playing video games for three months I yeah. mean it doesn't matter if they're boys girls they have not been actively working out they might be running around the yard a little bit but mm -hmm. they're not ready to do like up downs and like sprints yeah. all day right now because yeah. yeah we're seeing like uh overuse injuries yeah. and and it's and these kids are getting it and and the parents are just kind of laughing because you know it happened which is nice that they're lighthearted about it but um anyway take it slow on the kids yeah just make sure you ease them back into because <laughs> 
during COVID time for the kids, that's the time to catch up on your uh, your video game skills and all this other <laughs> stuff. So, um, so I think if you're in charge of uh, you know of a team too, mm-hmm. it's important to be a good coach. If you don't have a ton of knowledge on exactly of you know fitness, um, that yep. you got you can't rush kids back into these things too. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that. I mean, that might be a whole nother conversation yeah, yeah. that we won't dive into. But the big thing that I want to mention about that is that. Whenever you have a lifestyle shift, yeah. everything's going to be affected. Yeah. I mean, COVID is the extreme, right? right we right. we definitely are on the other side where like stay-at-home orders and we're not doing anything active yeah. and trying to figure out how to actually work out at home and keep fit. Yeah. But that's a huge lifestyle shift, so everything else was affected by that. Um, the second thing is that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of seeing the trickle down, I guess, from what you guys see because... It's a whole different type of animal right now because you're not getting like all of your sports injury, but you're getting things that uh, can kind of be prevented sometimes. It's like, okay, maybe you were, you know, working out, doing certain maybe group fitness classes or whatever, but now those are canceled, right? right? So it's like, how do I get some form of cardio? And people start running outside on asphalt, on the street, and they start going, again, that too much too quick. It's like, well, my class was an hour, so I'm just going to run for an hour. And it was like, when was the last time that you ran outside, right? right? And then we kind of see them, IT band syndrome, chondromalacia, patellar tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, whatever it is. And it's just like, yeah, like, if I told you, I mean, when you run a mile, you're taking like, I don't know, like 2,000 steps maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine (laughs) if you did a squat improperly 200, I mean, 2,000 times. You're going to see all the aftermath of kind of all that wear and tear that you weren't absorbing properly. So we're seeing kind of all of those overuse injuries, seeing people try to train at home and then they don't have the usual equipment that they usually have so then they don't understand that there's some adjustments that need to be made so that you can actually get benefit from whatever home exercise you're doing Um, the ironic thing is that I kind of mentioned to you I've been training people online some of the athletes that need to go back to sports right keeping Mm -hmm. them prepared and that has actually been working surprisingly better than I anticipated but the one thing that I'm joking about now is that what we do at pro I would say like 80% is like just understanding how to move without weight mm, <laughs> like yeah. just your body weight yeah. so for for me it's kind of like oh yeah we just stick to the basics i'm not mm-hmm. saying that weights aren't good or equipment isn't good because i still use that you know and we use it to different varying degrees but understanding how to move your body if yeah. you understand how to move your body properly that will solve kind of all of the other issues that may arise and it'll also help you get stronger yeah what are you talking about i mean in the general sense you're talking about learning you how to you know walk before you can run you know Mm -hmm. you can learn how to crawl before you can walk Mm -hmm. so uh i think it's it's challenging for a lot of people to 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 deal that because number one it gets boring for a lot of people you know (laughs) i mean it's really challenging to 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 consult people you know just to give people guidance and and uh-huh. they're trying to get in their mind they have to get stronger and so you know and and try to do without weight um, yep. is really challenging so i think trying to instill that in people and it's not, not really they're, they're not sometimes ready to receive that information because yeah. <laughs> because that's that's, that's a true. misnomer you know yeah so yeah a lot of the education i think you think you lose people for a little bit like what do you mean you're going to train me without weight like that's yeah. really confusing to people so yeah i think uh i think yeah providing the education is is mm-hmm. a big step uh to that and also you know i guess there's a little bit of a misconception i would say that mm-hmm. people think that 
and it's it's true to some sense but mm-hmm. running so people just wholeheartedly believe i think even when they have an injury that running will make you stronger so if you have a bad knee or if you have weak muscles that running will make you stronger well if you, if you have weak muscles in your <laughs> legs and you try to run on that yes. it's going to make you weaker actually and it's going to make you more painful so i think uh, that kind of all just ties into what you you kind of just said is, yeah no i i think yeah that's absolutely true is again understanding what will actually build your body up so that you do get stronger so you can handle and withstand more activities yeah um we did have one question from one of your yeah your uh, there was, uh, i was gonna give a shout out to one of my um college rugby t- teammates actually tune <laughs> in for a little bit he, he wanted to hear our thoughts on low back pain so i'll just say just my <laughs> quick spiel on that and then you can give your quick spiel on that okay um but i guess you know what i tell most people that come in for low back pain is uh, <clears throat> um you know in this era, in this time of, I don't, I don't know how what people are doing to be active or what their daily life is like, but typically low back happens from, like you were saying, tightness. And you just eventually, mm-hmm. it's, it starts with a common thing. So uh, some sort of repetition that is that is not, um, mm-hmm. there's no counter repetition to that. So if you're sitting in a desk for, for X number of hours a day and then you don't do a stretching program to relieve that, mm-hmm. to anything, uh, the antithesis, antithesis of sitting, mm-hmm. Uh, and and you be develop tightness in your back, and then you don't address it with with core strength uh-huh. and with with stretching the back. It's it's just going to start getting worse. So I think it's really important that people really work on their core so that their um, their back doesn't get tight, mm-hmm. and so that their back doesn't have to work as hard. Yep. But and um, but even then, if you can have the strongest core in the world, but if you're doing something a long time and and even then you're going to forgetful to use your core strength all the time too mm-hmm. uh, you have to recognize um what's being repetitive in your life what's what's potentially causing this tightness because low back and neck issues are not something that typically happen of one instance you know there's some there's been some underlying thing under, mm-hmm. going on whether it be like a deformity that you're born with scoliosis or whether mm-hmm. it be something that you know you can't you can't help that thing um but understanding um, what the activities are that you're doing and what is what is potentially causing that tightness or pain and then reversing that and not only reversing that but you know at least trying to slowly re- address that and, and yeah. trying to you know yes to counteract that yes I think for probably what you see in the clinic too and what I see too is that once people I mean I, I can honestly say that I've had some pretty b- bad low back pain where I'm crawling up into pro oh. and I'm treating myself. And that's, you, that's you've seen, that's you've seen that yeah. too, which is not ideal yeah. by any means. Um, but I think for most people that experience low back pain for the first time, it's it's very debilitating. Oh. And then from there, Good it work. becomes a huge psychological, psychosomatic almost kind of thing where, yes, back pain, if you have back spasms, non-specific low back pain, it's going to be very sore. But at the same time, it's getting your back to loosen up and not be able to not absorb excessive stress. Yeah. So my short answer, I'm not going to go into this too much, right. but so, yeah. a lot of a lot of times it's like your back, your spine. So in between your hips and your ribs, all you have is your spinal column. Everything else is soft tissue and muscle. Yeah. It's like literally trying to hold up. I always use this 
the sailboat example, like holding up the mast, mm. the sail with all of these guy mm. wires right all around. And you have to make sure that it's all working together so that the sail stands up, right? Yeah. Same thing in your spine. You have to make sure all your muscles like are working together yeah. so that your spine stands up vertically. When they're all working together, that's when your spine is not going to absorb all that excessive stress. But when they're off balance, like muscle imbalances, excessive tightness, that's when you're going to have to really work really hard to do the same task to protect your core mm -hmm. so one thing that i i kind of say is that you gotta know how to be functional in your core again we talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the episode just because you can do thousand sit-ups that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to stabilize your core right. functionally right. so it's understanding how to actually use your core when you're jumping when you're throwing something when you're yeah. lifting up the couch right yeah. Yeah. it's making sure that you can protect that area of your body because again there's not much protection in that area yeah. the second thing what i see that affects core position is typically the hips and the t-spine get really restricted dysfunctional and weak and then if you if those two areas they're one above, one below your, your low back. If those two areas are dysfunctional, your low back is gonna be screaming for help yeah. and just start overworking. It's gonna be on its own. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the number one things that, I mean, we work on, you know, I, I assess full body, of course, but then making sure that you can strengthen your core properly. You can use the right muscles for the task, the repetitive task that you're doing. And then it's also making sure that you can build further strength because the stronger you are, functionally uh, functionally stronger then the safer you're going to be with all of these kind of activities and you know preventing low back pain in the future yeah uh, great advice so this is good conversation and you know everybody might just think we're kind of like geeking out on orthopedic stuff <laughs> but, but i mean this is what we like to do you like to do you know yeah. being a pa um this is what i like to do you know learn about all these kinds of things and educate people on it um before we kind of wrap up here, yeah. is there any words of wisdom or advice that you have? And it doesn't have to be to a certain population. You know, it can be like you're a weekend warrior, kind of like how yeah. you are, what I am too. It can be to the younger athletes. It can be to any anything that you want to share and kind of get that information out there. Yeah. I think we kind of touched on it earlier. I'd, I'd say, you know... Um, it doesn't matter big or small or if they're short-term or long-term and if you just make a lot of short-term ones or a lot of or you know one big long-term one but have a goal in mind have mm -hmm. have something that and it doesn't even have to be a big goal you know but just have something that you're working towards <laughs> or just know what's important to you mm -hmm. and then when you have that and, and i don't know how many people i'd say the majority of people probably think on this but if I, sometimes I, you know, I forget to. So it's important to think about what's important to you. Think about what's how you want to live your life. Think about you know what activities you like to do uh, in terms of your whole mind, body, or soul. Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, okay, if that's important to me, how am I working towards? How am I working towards that? How am I trying to be productive? Because uh, mm -hmm. I think everything ties in together. This is more than just fitness, but at the same time, fitness is really essential part of yeah of 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 taking care of of yourself and working towards your goals and because i think people make these general sometimes people make these general claims they'll say i want to i want to lose weight i mean mm -hmm. 
having that as a goal is not a good goal. I mean, you you need mm-hmm. to have. I've always been a proponent of smart goals. I don't know if people mm-hmm. you know use smart goals, in specific, measurable, uh, attainable, realistic, timely. Yeah. Google it if you guys don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I've always been a proponent of making smart goals so that you have something you're actively working mm-hmm. towards. Because if you're just making a general claim that like, hey, I want to lose weight, like that really doesn't tell yourself how you're going to do it. You, there's no plan in place there. Mm-hmm. So I think making specific. Um, having specific thoughts down having specific things you're working towards and um, knowing what you're about I think if you're able to summarize what you're about as a person Mm -hmm. and in your philosophy of your job or your philosophy as your hobbies or philosophy of living life if you can summarize what you're about into two or three sentences Mm -hmm. that's important because it it kind of gives your whole it kind of sets you up for the way you're going to attack life every day you know Mm -hmm. so I think living having a mantra and, and living by that is is going to take you farther than um, than you would without one. Yeah, definitely. And I, I like that you shared that because one of one of the things that I do with a lot of the really anybody that wants to that has a goal for one but wants to be more active and work towards that direction is that the goal has to like you said it has to tie into what's important to you. Like, mm-hmm. what do you value? Right. And one thing. People can check it out on my website. Um, if you sign up for my newsletter, I, I do have a free ebook that kind of explains this a little further. But one of the things check that I out. like to do with um, my clients is this exercise called the five whys. And it's basically goal oriented. Mm. And you ask yourself, why is that important? Yeah. And you keep asking that five times in a row until you get deeper and deeper. So like, for example, something like, oh, I want to lose weight might actually end up like after that fifth why because... I want to spend more time with my kids yeah. because this, this, and yeah, this is important. It. You yeah. know, like it's, great. it's finding <laughs> what the underlying reason is because again, that superficial, just aesthetic usually goal that only takes you so far. And it's very easy to just say, ah, you know, like I'm not really seeing the results or I'm not seeing it as fast as I would like or whatever. Yeah. And then you kind of get off track a little bit. But if you have something that, that is in line with your values, what's important, then a lot of times you'll do more things to yeah. you know attain that goal it's just like what you said that one year that you got cut from football right and yeah. then you you've spent that whole year working working in the weight room making sure that you're training and preparing and then you made the football team yeah. right it was more in line with what you wanted to do and then there was a stronger desire i guess to actually put in the work yeah you know? yeah but i think that's a that. that's a great message um yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing so many great insights and you thank know, you. Thank you for having we, me on. We haven't. We we'll probably have you on again. Have more conversations <laughs> about orthopedic injuries and things like that. But for everybody, I think the underlying message, especially right now, is to you know do things that will help you to attain or achieve more. And that's yeah. really what this whole podcast is about: is how to elevate the quality of your life. Yeah. And the more that you can understand what works for you understand how to make improvements not only physically but everything as a person i think you'll find more enjoyment in all of the activities that you're doing but also you'll be on the right track so that you don't end up with your back against the wall injured or you know other other things arising so um thanks so much though any any last words well, i just thanks for doing this podcast i love them i love what you're trying to do for people i think um this isn't a journey of self-promotion, but your journey of trying to just, you're just trying to help help people. I think you, Mm -hmm. you realize that, uh, 
that is fulfilling to you and so mm-hmm. I appreciate that you are uh, you, I think you one of the things you all try to say is you try to help people achieve their fitness goals or you know uh-huh. I forget what your motto is exactly but, <laughs> but that, I think that's great and so um, I appreciate you having me on it's been fun to talk about things you know and if any, anyone has any questions please get at me on Instagram yeah. or whatever what you is know. your Instagram website oh, and at, everything at mm that's my last name is Quok so at mm K W O C K, and then um, website is mattquockphotography.com. So check it out and uh, yeah, check out Andrew's uh, website too. You'll see some of my pictures on Andrew's website. So. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you took all of my pictures, which I'm super, <laughs> I'm super grateful for. But yeah, check out Matt's Instagram website. I'll put it in the show notes. And, you know, thanks, thanks for joining me and thank you everybody for listening. And I'll be here same time next week, but check out my social media my website hnlmovement.com if you ever have any questions or would like to hear any any information or anything on the podcast please let me know um and i will be here again next week thank you so much for joining us Matt. thank you sir aloha aloha